to warn you. You're doomed to stay. Go. Go. Hey yo, Michael and Jason and Chucky, get ready. Heather's moving to Elm Street, kicking it with Freddy. Cause Heather loves horror. What's your favorite scary movie? Hey everyone, this is Heather Loves Horror, and I have a very special guest today. Her name is Mary Graves, and I'm going to go ahead and allow her to introduce herself. Hey, Mary. Hi, uh, my, na my name is Mary Graves, like you said, and um, don't mind this guy back here. Uh, if I'm petting him, it's because I'm trying to stop him from whining or barking, because he'll do that. Um, and... I have been an active part of the horror community for the last year, but a lover of horror pretty much my entire life since I can remember. Um, my mom basically raised me on horror movies. I, you know, people ask, what's the first horror movie you ever watched? And I honestly can't remember because that's how long I've been watching horror movies. Um, I know that the movie Spookies, which is in like uh, not well-known 80s horror movie is one that I watched a lot as a kid and we had slumber parties where we watched it a lot but I don't think it was my first horror movie um as of right now I do a lot on Instagram and I'm starting to do more on YouTube I started doing stuff with the horror community about a year ago a little bit over a year I just celebrated my one year Terror Tuesdays show um which is basically me watching a horror movie of choice and doing kind of a commentary while we watch the movie and now we're, we're pre-recording those now and by we i'm the only one who does it <laughs> i say we but i'm the only one who's running all the the stuff on the sun um but that's what terror Tuesdays is and that's it started off that way years ago on snapchat i just did it a couple times where i wanted to watch a horror movie I thought it would be more fun if I posted some stuff on my snaps and, you know, I, I try to scare people by doing a jump scare or something on my, on my Snapchat. Mm -hmm. And I only did that twice and the Snapchat changed and I hated it. So a friend got me onto Instagram and one day it was just like, why don't I do this? I haven't done this in like a couple of years and I really want to watch a horror movie tonight. And then I decided I was going to do that every Tuesday and do Terror Tuesdays. Like I know there's there's one account I want to say their name is Friday Fright Night. Uh, they do, like they'll do a post on Tuesdays and call it Terror Tuesdays where they show maybe a clip or, um, like a, a preview maybe. So I don't want to say that Terror Tuesdays is my invention. It's not. It's not like Taco Tuesday. Whoever invented Taco Tuesday, but Terror yeah. Tuesdays. I turned in, in, into my own show. So um, so I will say it's original in that, but I'm not the person who invented Terror Tuesdays. Um, from there, from the second week through like week 14, I started writing songs for each of the movies that I watched. And I haven't done that for a while, but that's something I want to get back to. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, 40 weeks I've missed of writing music so I, I don't know if I'm going to play catch up or if I'm going to just start from one point I've got like four songs written that I just need to sit down and record 
over the last 40 weeks or so. So I might just put out those and then start with the new, the new stuff. But on my YouTube channel, that's what it started off being is what I call horror hymns. They're my hymns dedicated to whatever movie I watched. And that slowed down because things got complicated at the job that I was at, which I no longer have. <laughs> so that is no longer an issue. But um, I was, my dog's barking. Uh, I was doing that, trying to get back to that. But while I'm waiting to do that, I started doing this thing called Grave Center, which combination of just talking about things, like the last two was my scariest real life story. And the one that just dropped yesterday is my top three weirdest fears. And the one I'm filming tonight, because I'm going to film tonight to post on Thursday. They're supposed to come out every Thursday, but last Thursday was Thanksgiving. Uh, the one that's posting this week will be a review of something I did on Halloween, which um, every or everybody was doing for October, like a watch list, your horror watch list. I think you had a watch list too, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, mine was, uh, I called it the big three Halloween, which was, I watched all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And then I watched all the Friday the 13th movies. And then I watched all the Halloween movies, including the newest Halloween and the Rob Zombie Halloweens. And from there, I did, I did one movie a day. And what I wanna do for, for this week's horror uh, Grace Corner, it's gonna be a long one, is I wanna do a review of my experience watching all those movies. Talk about which ones are my favorites. Maybe do a brief like review, like a one sentence, two sentence review of each of the movies and then talk about which franchise is my favorite and why. I was thinking about writing a blog about this, but I, I'm so into creating the videos more than I am into the writing that I think it just makes, it'll make a good video. And I'm gonna put my Frederica Kruger makeup back on. So I'll be, Freddy yeah. Krueger with the sweater and the hat and everything. And hence why I did the hair, because Frederica Krueger looks better with waves under the hat. I well, think that's, that's going to be great. I look forward At to least from where I am at this point. Thank you. Um, I look forward to doing it. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, and you worked with uh, Lego Horror Videos as well, right? You did some voice acting for him? Yes, I did. did. You want to talk I that? actually, absolutely. It, it's funny too, because before he had put the feelers out there for, um, for people to do vocals, I had actually, I had been looking online about how to do this kind of thing for a job. And there's not a ton of opportunity, especially if you've never done anything before. And I like the idea of this thing that's out there on YouTube being kind of like the start of my reel so that maybe I'll book other like paying jobs that I get to do voice acting for. But doing this has been just a fun experience. And the story is just fun. I've got uh, nieces and nephews who are watching it and like college student mm -hmm. age. So they're all laughing at the, the Play-Doh blood coming out of all the Lego characters. Mm -hmm. Um, my character is Lucy, who she still has yet to really come into her own. I know that she is about 
um, her boyfriend, Dylan, who got injured and he's still alive and she's still alive. We just, oh, spoilers, sorry. If you haven't watched part eight yet, um, I haven't died yet. That's not a huge spoiler for the storyline, but I am still around and I will be in, as he calls it, because he's, he's from England or, or Britain. Uh, he calls it series two and series one. I love it because oh. we call it season one and season two. And the series is the whole show. But uh, he calls it series one and series two. And, and so I will, I will be in series two. What's happening next? But I did get one good ass kicking scene where I got to kick the, the clown guy. Um, and <laughs> I thought I kicked him in the shins. But according to my brother, it looks like I kicked him in the balls. So I kind of like that better. I think, I think that's a, a better storyline for my character. That gets kicked somebody in the balls. Um, but my boyfriend got injured. And honestly, I'm kind of waiting for there to be more interaction between Lucy and Jack, who is the main character, who I think Lucas plays directly. Uh, Lego Horror Videos plays directly. Um, so I'm wondering when we're going to get to interact again. And I'm excited for that. But my ass kicking scene is definitely my favorite. Yeah, that sounds like a blast kicking someone in the nuts as a Lego. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, um, I, I was going to ask you a few little goofy questions. Um, let's see, what were the ones? Or not goofy, but just random. Um, if you had a choice to go back in time and remake any movie, what would it be? Or not remake, but star in that movie. What would it be and who would your character be? Like say that person who played that character did oh. not exist and you were in that role. Oh, character didn't exist in the movie? Or I would fill somebody's so we'll already existing role instead of them. Yeah, it, it was offered to you instead of whoever plays that role. That, like, like say you wanted to play Heather Langenkamp. Well, uh, so she doesn't exist in Freddy, but you do instead, or whatever. Did I'm making sense? <laughs> would you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would have to be one well I would have to be one of my favorite female characters be the vampire slayer so it's one of my but but I would play the movie and then I would get to carry on into the series because the series is my favorite but I'd get to work with Luke Perry in the movie and wear the the white dress and I'd learn to do the flips she probably had a stunt double for that but I would want to learn to do the flips mm -hmm. so but yeah. And then I get to work with uh, Rutger Hauer, who unfortunately passed away like a year or two ago, but he's one of my favorite like villain characters. He was great as the vampire in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the master. And then he was in The Hitcher, which is a psychological thriller horror. He was fantastic in that. And then he was also in The Tenth Kingdom, which was a miniseries. And it's not a horror some horrible things happen because it's about fairy tale world. So there's like evil trolls and um, people like, like gypsies cursing people. Um, it's very, very dark, tw 
twisted take on fairy tales while also being lighthearted and fun. Um, but he was the hunter in that. And I thought he was really great. So I'd love to get to work with him, but he's gone. So. Yeah. And so is Luke Perry. That's so sad. Like. No, that was unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was on the Riverdale, one like <laughs> just like, so crazy. Right. But, um, so um do you have anything else you want to add um I don't know if there's like that's the the first thing that would pop into my mind in terms of like me being in in a different movie I don't know like I, I look at there aren't like a lot of great female roles in movies that aren't horror either like you have to be, I think, in a horror genre in order to get a great female role nowadays. But either that or like a Mean Girls type movie, which I would never, I'm, I don't think I'm funny enough to be in a Mean Girls type movie. So oh, horror it is. Sounds perfect. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, what was the other question I was gonna ask you? If you could have dinner with three people alive or dead, who would you choose? Okay, now I, I admit that I've been thinking about this because I listened to Roz's episode with you. So I know some of the questions mm -hmm. coming up and I've been thinking about this because I don't know if I can limit it to just three. Um, I know that Dave Grohl, no matter what the list is, I think, I think it would be four. There'd be four definite ones. Um, and Dave Grohl is on the top of that list because Foo Fighters is my favorite band. And being that I've been into music and singing my entire life since I could talk, um, I, uh, the dream is to write a song with Dave or with the entire Foo Fighters. So that would, I would definitely want him to come to dinner and then we can plan all that out. Um, the, uh, the other, one of the other people would be raising George Romero from the dead, just because I think he would be a great person to be around. Maybe it's five, it's five guys actually, but George Romero would be at the table. Um, because I know he did a lot of his films locally, like filmed in Philadelphia and I think it's Philadelphia and he like uh, Greg Nicotero got his start because he was a local guy and he just happened to know somebody who knew somebody who knew George and he got to be on Day of the Dead and work on the makeup effects with Tom Savini which I second Roz's uh, pick for Tom Savini I would want Tom Savini at my dinner too but that's one because I like his makeup effects and two because I think he's really hot even he, he turned like 70 or something I still think he's ridiculously good looking I'd want him there. Oh, I agree. Um, and then, right? He's just a beautiful man. I have a friend who actually got to meet him, and I'm super jealous about it. But she, um, she actually is like a, a makeup artist. She's an esthetician profession. Oh wow! But she knows a lot about makeup artistry, and she—I don't know if she was at a convention in New York. I know she was working at Cooperstown working with some of the like baseball people um, for like a summer or a couple summers 
but she got to meet Tom when she was out there and she met him a couple of times too. I'm so jealous of that. So he's definitely on my list. Uh, let's see. Dave, George, Tom. Oh, Kurt Russell. <laughs> Kurt Russell, Ooh, yeah. same reason as Tom Savini. They're just, he's so hot even as an older guy that I just want to meet him. Um, I think he's just a like he's one he's a great actor even from when he was like my my I don't know if my dad or one of my brothers would talk about when he used to be in the Mickey Mouse Club when he when he was a teenager oh, wow. and then I've seen all these movies growing up like Big Trouble in Little China and of course the original the um John Carpenter's the thing because it's not the original but I love that's like a tie for my favorite movie with the original Dawn of the Dead which is another reason why I'd want to meet George Romero. So I love that movie so much. Um, but with with Kurt Russell, it's mostly just, you know, he's so beautiful. Why wouldn't I want to meet him? He even has the walrus uh, mustache thing going on. I don't even care. I love it. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> he does. Have you seen Bone Tomahawk? Which is like the Western horror with Kurt Russell in it. I've seen the horror post. I mean, I've seen the poster for it with the, like you said, the mustache, but I have not watched it. Yeah. I know I missed it out. I need I, to. <laughs> I watched it, it earlier this year. It was either earlier this year or late last year. And um, I made my dad watch it because he's not a huge fan of horror movies, but he loves Westerns. And I thought, oh my God, this is common ground. And it could also be really funny for Tara Tuesdays to force him to watch this. And it is kind of, because you hear him in the background every time somebody gets a really brutal death. And there are some really brutal deaths in this movie. Uh-huh. But it's also a great love story about a husband trying to get his wife back. Um, and the, like, the hell he goes through to try to do this. Um, but Kurt Russell's in that. He's the sheriff. And he just plays such a great Kurt Russell-y role. Uh, it's just, he's timeless. Oh, and he's the cutest Santa. Oh, such a cute Santa. Oh, he Have really you seen is. Christmas Chronicles? Uh, I haven't <laughs> seen it. Only time but... I've ever cared about Santa. Yeah. I, I need to see oh, that and Bone, Tom Bone Tomahawk still. So I need to add those to my list, definitely. I'm gonna grab this water Definitely. real fast. Especially with Christmas coming around the corner. Okay, uh, actually I'm gonna turn my heater off. It's about to come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my upstairs is where I live, where my bedroom is and where this room is. This actually used to be my brother, I have three older brothers, and this room that I turned into kind of my, my media studio um, used to be one of my brother's bedrooms. It has this horrible, hideous green carpet, which I don't think, you could probably see a little bit in like this area. Um, and it's got like stains in it from his, his cleats, because they were all into sports and they had football cleats and stuff. That I just can't get out. But this whole upstairs used to be an attic. And because, oh, it's kicking on anyways. 
um, we have a, this giant space heater to heat the entire thing. This is the only room that has access to any heating from downstairs. But for the most part, if that heater goes out, we're freezing cold up here. But it's loud and it's sometimes annoying when I'm trying to film stuff. But um, yeah, it is what it is. You work with what you got. I oh my! I can't hear it at all. And if it makes you can't hear it. Oh, no! I can't hear your heater. I can hear you, just not the heater. But who's your final person? You said. Uh, it's probably the headphones that are blocking the heater. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, my final person would be Eli Roth, which he's kind of a new addition. Oh. Like I already knew that I wanted to meet Dave Grohl and George Romero and Kurt Russell and Tom Savini. Uh, Tom Savini, because of your interview with Roz, it was just like an obvious pick. Of course I want to meet Tom Savini. Uh, but Eli Roth is, I think, a really influential director of our time, not because of his movies or just because of his movies, but because he is working with up and coming filmmakers, like uh, that movie Clown that came out in 2016. He produced that, mm -hmm. but he got somebody who, I don't even know the person's name uh, right now, uh, directed it. So he gave somebody a chance to direct this. What, what to me is one of my favorite horror movies about a clown, um, technically about mm -hmm. a clown that ever came out um but he's also doing you know that eli roth's history of horror on amc so crazy dog so i know he's got this huge appreciation for the genre and all this influence and he's willing to work with newbies and i would love to get into filmmaking which is why um on my youtube channel i just i put out that new movie that mini movie uh, a couple weeks ago called Afternoon Tea with the Dead. Mm -hmm. Kind of me taking a step into trying to do some filmmaking and seeing where it leads me. And there'll be more of those. I'm gonna do something like that once a month. And I know what next month is gonna be. Next month is a day away. It'll be a few weeks into the month. But um, I'm calling it Cat Coven. And that's all I'm gonna give away about that. But I have four cats that live in this house and they are going to be involved whether they like it or not. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So well, let's see. I can't uh, wait to put it together. I can't wait to see yes, it. I can't wait to see everything that you come up with. Like I'll always been telling people about you, like people off of Instagram, I'm like, I have this friend who's like so good and I don't see how she hasn't gotten her own show on a network yet. Like, I just feel like you should have already been picked up by someone, but I, I think it's going to happen for you like soon, like sooner than you think. I really do believe that. But, um, you know, I know timing's everything. Thank so you. you're welcome. Yeah. Well, you know, in Cleveland, we actually just established a new show that I, I actually I'm hoping to get the attention of the people running things and get on it. But I don't think I have enough of a branded identity in order to to do what they are looking for, because they're very much about developing a character and sticking to it. But we have this show called The Big Bad Bean Movie. 
and I do promote this um, every once in a while or every week on my on my Instagram stories. Uh, they, the the guy who started it, Zachary Durr, he's a local. I don't think he's a stand-up comedian. I think he started off as a videographer for our local radio station when they would do funny stuff for their YouTube page. Um, but he now works for a local channel here called WUAB. And he is now the host of this show because he found all these old black and white horror movies like selling, starring Bella Lugosi and um, other old time actors and actors you may have not even heard of that were just in these old black and white films. Um, like the, the first one they showed is called, I think, Attack of the Giant Leeches. And he plays this character, Leopold. And then there's this woman who wrote a book called Faces of Cleveland, who's his sidekick, Lenore, or Lenora. Um, and they are the hosts of the show. And they, they do little skits in between. And I think there's this um, Facebook podcasting duo called The Mummy and the Monkey, who I had never heard of until I started watching the show. And they also, um, they do skits for every episode. And so they air the, the movie and in between during commercials, they will do a skit or, or talk about the movie and give, give information on it. But they just started doing this in October, like a couple weeks before Halloween. And they're still, they air like every Saturday. And we have a Cleveland 19 news app or Roku channel. So if anybody's interested in these old timey movies and these, these type of skits and horror hosts, because we don't really have these things regularly anymore. This is a great show to, to latch onto because it reminds me of other horror hosts I used to watch when I was a kid. Yeah. That I would love to get on. If you're listening, <laughs> get me on the show. Yes, please put her on. <laughs> Hopefully that'll work. Um, and I, I'm going to ask one more question, uh, or I guess it's like a two for one. Um, and if I ever cut you off and you're not done talking, please tell me because I get nervous and then I'm like, uh, they might be ready to move on to the next question. And then I panic and I cut people off and I, and then I'm like, shit, I just cut off. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but, um, so what are, what are your turnoffs or turn-ons? It, it doesn't have to be for a relationship. It can like, it doesn't have to be like, I mean, it can be friendship. It can be for like any, anything at all. Like, okay, well, Turnoffs is so much easier to, to explain. Um, manipulation and control, like red flags, like the whole gaslighting thing. Oh boy, um, I've had at least two friends that I can think of in my life. One when I was younger and one as an adult. It's so much fun when you have adult people come into your life who are mm -hmm. so, what, how do I put it? they hate their own life so much that they feel the need to meddle in other people's lives and cause trauma, basically. That's yeah. this kind of person. Um, but it's like you catch them in the littlest lie and they keep having little lies that you catch them in, but it's like, you can't prove it except for the things they told you. And then it built to like bigger things like this person didn't want me interacting with 
this person that they are trying to control. So they, they tell me this lie or they uninvite me to things. It's ridiculous. That's just in friendship, but it, it's, it's happened and it's annoying. And I cut those people out as soon as possible. And if there are other people that are also under this person's spell, I'm like done, you know, I can try to help you, but you got to want my help and I'm not going to force it. So with guys, with guys, it's a little, a little more, I don't want to say fun, but, um, maybe obvious, I think when it happens, um, I remember going on a date with a guy who, it was a first date too. And he was already on his job. Well, first of all, we had met the day before our first date because he interrupted a dinner I was having with a friend. And the funny thing is neither one of us knew which one of us he was actually hitting on. I think he was really mm-hmm. trying to go for whoever was most willing. I guess that was me that night. <laughs> but she was in from out of town and I was local. So of course. Um, yeah. And he's a good looking dude. But I, I remember giving him my number. We set up a date for like the next day, a lunch date. And he texted me that night saying that if I'm going to be going out with him, that I can't be seeing anybody else. And I thought, I'm not seeing anybody else right now. So that's not going to be an issue. It didn't dawn on me that this is a red flag right away, but it did feel weird. And I said, you know, as long as you're not either, because I want to make sure, you know, not had a, you know, that the Nexium situation where the guy's trying to get a harem of women, like, I don't have time for that anyway. Uh, well, then we have the dates and we go to the restaurant and he wants to eat outdoors, which is fine. It was, long, it was summer. And he's like, go pick a table. And I pick a table and he immediately changes it. Like, okay. And then <laughs> there's nobody else on the patio with us. But we're talking and he tells me to, to sh- he shishes me. He, he tries to quiet me down because I'm talking too loud. A, a way to control a person. And yeah. then, um, oh, he'd wear his sunglasses. We were under an awning. We were in the shade. There wasn't sun beating down on us. But yeah, he'd put his sunglasses on and then he would take them off and then he would put them back on. Every time I would talk about something that he obviously didn't agree with like um I've been a a pagan since the seventh grade uh witchcraft person and I brought it up because I was worried I think he brought up church or something and I'm like you know just I don't like wasting my time I immediately go to even if we're just having fun now I want to know that if we want to get serious if I'm wasting my time with you or not right away I'm like, you know, I'm never going to go to church right. with you. <laughs> and I brought up the fact why. I'm like, you could go all you want. I, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm not going to go with you unless it's like a funeral or a wedding. Uh, and he put on his sunglasses mm. and he said, oh, you're a devil worshiper. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, that's a common misconception. But if you jump straight to that, there's no changing somebody's mind like that. Mm-hmm. Um and so I knew that was, that was a red flag right there. But after he did that and he put on his sunglasses, when he would talk about himself and he put on the sunglasses, I knew he was hiding stuff. Oh my God. And then when we were in his car, um, 
he he turned on the radio and MGK, um, who's huge in Cleveland, Machine Gun Kelly, um, popped on the radio. I don't listen to a lot of hip hop and rap. I do hear some of it. I'm more of an R&B girl or a rock girl um, or an oldies girl. But I'll every once in a while uh, listen to hip hop and you know, I've got to be in the mood for it. Like most music, you got to be in the mood for it. Um, but I didn't hate what was on the radio, but he's like, oh, I rarely ever listen to this stuff. I'm like, your radio is set to it. You obviously listen to yeah. this stuff. And it's like, you shouldn't be ashamed of the music you like. He's, and this particular artist is huge in Cleveland. so. Why? Why would you make a little lie like that? Why are you, like, it's not impressive at all. Be who you are. But, uh, right. he tried to, he also tried to set up a second date. Um, and he said that he was going to be out of town for a week. Who knows if that's true? Um, oh God, he tried to impress me with this house he had renovated too. And it's like, I don't want you for your money. I don't want anyone for their money. I want my own money. I want my own things I can brag about, but not even to brag about it. I just want security for my dogs and for my dad. Right. And for myself, but for my, for my dogs and my dad. But um, he tried to, he tried to set up a second date and he said he was going to be out of town. He would be back on Tuesday night, like the following Tuesday. And I said, I can't because I knew there was an Indians game. Indians is our local baseball team. And my dad and I were really into having bonfires in our backyard that season because we were doing really well. I think that might've been the year we went to the, um, the World Series. And last time we went to the World Series. And I knew we were gonna have a bonfire and, or if there was bad weather, we were gonna listen to it on the radio. It was definitely prime father-daughter bonding. and. I don't break those things, especially ever since my mom passed away. Whenever I can make a bonding moment between him and me, I go for it because I'm trying to make him enjoy life. <laughs> that's that's one of my big goals. Um, but I told him this, and then I didn't hear back from him. And then and the day of, he texts me, "Am I seeing you tonight?" And I went off on him. I'm like, I told you no. I told you that I have plans. They're with my dad. I can't just break them. I can't just leave him for a booty call. I just, I went off on him and I, he said, oh, okay, you do you. And I never heard from him again. He's oh, like, a that's douche, it. so I'm that's, glad you that's, 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 that's a little douche. Ugh, Maybe. but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, it's, and then there's guys that I don't even go on dates with that'll try to do stuff like that with women just even on a basic flirting friendship level like some of them some of them will flirt with you with me at least and then they won't tell you oh I I'm moving in with my girlfriend until you have a day where you're gonna run into this and then they know it then it's like oh I have a girlfriend like I've been flirting with you for months but I have this girlfriend that I happen to be living with so that's a turn mm -hmm. That's like a breaking point right there. Or they'll be the kind of guy, this is the huge, this is the biggest red flag. And this actually, I don't know what kind of time limit you have, but if we get to the movie review, um, this was a red flag in one of the movies that um, we may talk about tonight, today. Uh, 
people who talk over somebody when they're in the middle of a story or in the middle of, of a sentence. And there was this one guy, I remember, I wasn't even dating this guy. We were at a friend's dinner, um, mutual friends. And he, I was telling a story or I was contributing to a story that the host was talking about. And this guy interrupted me to tell his own story. So it's not like I could contribute to the conversation. He wasn't contributing to my conversation. He completely interrupted me to a new conversation where he was in charge of the story. I knew that was, that was a red flag. This guy had control issues with women, specifically women, because he would treat men with more respect than that. So that's a huge mm-hmm. turn off. Now, turn ons, turn off. Turn-ons are really hard to, to, to describe, but I want to say it's passion that that attracts me. And not, not passion like I'm sexually passionate about this guy. I, I'm seeing like a passion that the guy holds for something else. Like uh, a really great guitarist who really wants to work on his craft, but he's humble about it. I don't like people who brag, uh, you know, like the guy with the nice house, um, but somebody who's really good at something and really wants to work on it and has like, even if it's just a hobby and they have a side hustle, fine, at least they're working on this hobby, you know? Cause then I know they're not dependent on me and I don't, I've got my own thing. I don't need to be dependent on them for fulfillment. We could just be happy together, you know? Right. And we could be doing our separate mm-hmm. things or we could help each other out with our separate things every once in a while, but separate, but together, you know, I want to be my own identity and they can be their own identity, but it meshes together. That, that's what I, I fall for is the people who are really passionate about the things they do. I know oh, there was God. one more question that is in your, the, the swear word one, right? Yes. <laughs> what is your favorite swear word or words? It can be more than one. Cause that one, that one I was thinking about a lot when I was listening to, to Roz's podcast. Cause my mind immediately jumped to fuck as well, but it's not. It's actually cunt. Mm-hmm. Cunt is my favorite word. Ah. And I think it, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think part of it is that <laughs> part of it is that you know it's the female empowerment of it you're taking back the word from other people who would be using it in in like british slang it's it's very common to use we have bitch in our, our dialect but cunt isn't and it's just it's such a harder sounding word the cuh compared to bitch which ends in kind of a weak ch sound and also yeah. i don't know ever since i started grinding my teeth years ago i find ch and and j sound to feel really weird on my tongue <laughs> so if i just really want to toss an insult cunt is the mm-hmm. one i like it just it rolls off the tongue so much easily or easier <laughs> i have to agree with that that is one of my favorite words as well for the reasons you listed like when i play video games i'm like he's fucking cunt like you know <laughs> and just like <laughs> That is like my favorite word and uh, one of them. Uh, 
you know, alternate, but like, I've never heard anyone else say that. So like, I, I like that that's your favorite. So Yay. that's badass. <laughs> well, um, do you want to go on and move on to the movie reviews? Yes. What kind of time limit do you have? You have a time limit? Like when I, you probably have to pick um, up your kids at some point. Uh, probably an hour, hour and a half. Oh, perfect. Left. Perfect. Yeah, I have, good. and I'm going to like, have... Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Cause I, I do. I have a couple of thoughts about, um, the movies that I wanted to talk about today were the craft and the craft legacy that came out earlier this year, like a couple days before Halloween, I think. And um, man, um, well, first let's let's talk about the craft. It's a classic. Okay. Um, I know you're like it's not a secret. If anyone's seen your your Instagram page, they know that you're on the witchy side too. So, what are your thoughts about the craft, the original craft, the OG? Okay, um, I love it. Um, I really, I mean. I like it because um, you've got a different, like everyone in the group uh, is just so much different from one another, but they all practice the same thing. And so they all have different strengths and weaknesses that I think are really great. And the thing is with each of them, they're like, they're all strong independent women you know like not i don't feel like any one of them is more stronger of a character or a role than the next i think they all portray their roles so perfectly like um even what's his name chris hooker uh played by skeet like even right. him you know like he nailed it like i just um you I kind of have a good pretty idea. Damn well, I can't. You you have a great idea about um, them. Each of the girls that form their own coven, you have an idea of what their background is. Like with Nancy, you know that she's living in a trailer and she's got an issue with a possibly grabby step stepdad who's definitely beating her mom. Um, so then you have an understanding of her relationship with her mom because of that abuse travels down. Uh, with uh, Bonnie, yeah. you've got the scars. And you know she's got a great relationship with her mom because her mom is taking her to the hospital. You know nothing about her dad, but you know that she has at least that, that one parent and that she has an ultimate goodness in her, but she's affected by her scars and the vainness that especially women have to go through. And then with um, Rochelle, you've got the deep racism that she experiences in her life and how it affects the thing she's passionate about, which is her diving. And then on top of that, you got Sarah. And Sarah, of course, she's the, the main person. You get the most background on her where she didn't know her mom because her mom died when she was coming out of her. And she's got a pretty decent relationship with her dad, although it's it's a little uh, marred by the fact that he is with another woman now, that she's got a stepmom. Um, they made 
them move to a new location. Um, but you also know that she tried to commit suicide. So there's, they, they touch on um, abuse. They touch on sexual abuse with, you know, Sarah almost getting raped. They touch on um, uh, racism. I think I already said suicide. And it's just, they touch on so many different aspects of the the differences in the girls so you know they're all dealing with something and I love that because you actually get it's not like a montage where we're establishing that they're fun people but you actually get their own storylines for like five to ten minutes each that we get to see them going through stuff before they come together right you get a you get a clear indication kind of like on on their struggles with their own mental health from each of the situations that they deal with. Yeah, I like how you put that. And then on top of that, I, hadn't thought of that before. I, had, I had a hard issue deciding if this was a sign of my age or a sign of the goodness of the movie because the soundtrack, I mean, one, you've, you've got the soundtrack um, without the bands that participated, which has a very like India, Hindi, Hindu feel to the, the sound um, that I think pulls together like they walk into the witch shop and you get to see like a lot of the ritual too that they do in this movie. Um, and you actually see them reading the books and, and learning about the things like invoking the spirit. They break that down a little bit uh, and it feels like a consistent ritual with what actually happens in traditional witchcraft. Um, but the soundtrack, you know, it goes, it has that, that aura to it that goes with what's going on. And then on top of that, you've got 90s bands like Our Lady Peace and Letters to Cleo um, participating in actual songs that get featured. And the, the drops are perfect. The, the way they, they initiate a song and bring it in and then phase it out. Um, but I don't know if I feel that way because I love the post-grunge era. Some Fighters is my favorite band. I loved Our Lady Peace when I was in college. Um, but because I... Yeah, the, the, maybe the tone of the music is very of its time, but you listen to the lyrics and like there's a one song when they leave the bus and they're going into the woods, like I'm picturing it in my head and they're about to do one of their first uh, circles together in the woods to, to initiate the fact that they are a new coven and they're talking to Mano and letting the spirit know, hey, we got our fourth, this is it. Um, there, I can't remember what the song is called or who the band is that does it, but they're talking about in the song, casting the circle and using the bell and the, lighting the candle. Those are the actual lyrics in the song. And I think it just adds to that witchy tone. Um, and so I think, you know, I could say that it's a nineties movie and that the songs are very 90s, but I also think they're incredibly appropriate to the story being told. Um, and what you would expect from a movie called The Craft. Right. I think that's one of the things missing from the sequel. 
Yeah, I don't really feel like I had a connection with any of the music. I don't, I can't think of anything right now from the, uh, the legacy on any songs really feeling like they, and I, I could just not be remembering properly, but feeling like they really lined up with it or feeling even connected to that song. So I, I agree with that. Um, and I, I feel the same way too. It's like, is it because I'm, I'm older and I was raised on this movie first? Um, like, you know, you just, I don't know, but, but still, you know, you got that love and you just can't, you can't deny the love for the original. It's there's, <laughs> those are some big shoes to fill. <laughs> It's true. It's very true. Um, I remember they did a whole montage. They did a few montages throughout the movie. And that that annoys me. That that's like um I call it the Simpsons factor. Like the original mm -hmm. Simpsons, if they did a montage, it was something, you know, it wasn't a, a song from today that kids would love, but it was something that fit with whatever was going on in the episode. And then there was a time, I think they pulled away from this in the newer episodes the last few years, but there was like 10 seasons where they heavily relied on montages with like popular music. Like um, I think they went to Ireland or something and they used Flogging Mollies. And it was like a very popular, very obvious choice song. And you know, they threw a bunch of Irish like stereotype stuff in there and it's like, this isn't really clever. And I like montages that are clever. Um, but I feel like this movie did that same thing where they had this song. I remember I was talking about being 17. That was the only thing I could remember from it, but I couldn't re-sing it and, and, and pull it up. I could probably spot, um, what do you call it? Shazam it and then figure it out or look it up on IMDb. But they were, you know, acting like kids and they had the Ouija board in the montage. And I remember them, the Ouija board, the planchette moved and then they all collapsed and started laughing. I, I want to see what happened when they were using the Ouija board. I don't want to see them having fun. I want to see, if, this is a witch movie and you're appealing to people mm -hmm. who, not just the new generation, you should be appealing to the people who liked the craft because of the witchcraft part of it. It was scary. It was closer to horror than the sequel. Um, so you see them collapse and laughing at the Ouija board. You see them do that, that tub scene where I had no idea what was going on. It didn't feel like real witchcraft to me either. They put, they did put a pentagram on her and they kept chanting over the music, um, the mother, the maiden, the crone, which is it's a part of the craft definitely but they had all this like I don't know milk and and um I don't know gems and flowers and stuff in the tub and they dipped Lily in it but what were like what were they doing was that her initiation was that because I I thought when they were in the woods that was the initiation excuse me I got tickled <clears throat> But yeah, they seem to more or less focus. You know, we don't, we don't know. Sorry. Right, right. 
Um, no, sorry. I just, it's so dry in this house that I get tickles every once in a while. Um, but no, we don't know anything about like what that ritual was about. Um, they, they do this whole thing in, in the same montage about they learned how to read auras and they each had a different color aura, which yeah, that's cool. But like, I want to see the scene where they're learning about the auras. Who taught it for them? Did they have a Serena? Was it Serena? I think it was Serena in the original craft was the owner of the witch shop. And she was teaching Sarah about yeah. invoking the spirit. You know, this is, you have to give yourself up to the spirit. And she taught her about, you know, candle magic. She gave her the book on candle magic. I want those little scenes where they're actually learning to be witches. And the fire out of the fingers, like, how? Like, how yeah. did, who taught you that you could do that? Like, I, it felt a lot like an episode of Charmed more than it did uh, a craft movie. And that's fine. I liked the yeah. original Charmed. I, I only watched one episode of of the new Charmed series. And it, it, it failed. You know, I still want to go back and watch this new charm so I'm not going to say that it's awful because I don't know but in the first episode it felt the same as this movie where they focused more on the toxic masculinity and femininity overcoming that um or or empowerment it's not even just femininity because you've got the guy who comes out as bi Timmy and that's that's great I love that they had that in there and I love that one of the characters in the coven is actually a trans woman, which I didn't know that the first time I watched it. I picked that up the second time I watched it. She actually, she looks like a woman, so you'd never pick up on it. Right. I actually, um, before I rewatched the movie, I looked up the actresses that played them because I wanted to see if I knew any of them from anything. And only Lily, I, I know from um, Bad Times at the El Royale, which is a great movie if you've never seen it definitely watch that um but I was looking up because I had a feeling I just had a feeling I totally missed a couple of lines because they mentioned that she's trans they talk about how she can't hold a baby in her stomach uh or her womb and they talk about they actually say that she's trans at one point but I totally missed that because the movie didn't suck me in like the original craft did but um, I looked it up yeah. and then I went back and I rewatched it and I tried to pay attention to her character. And then I realized, yeah, okay. There's a little, little bit of character development for her in that. But we really don't get a lot of character development for the other, for the other girls at all. And barely any for her. It is really just about Lily, which is fine because Lily's interesting, but I feel like the rest of them would be interesting too. And I want to see more about them and how they came to the craft exactly um, but you know the original craft actually had a uh consultant who was a priestess uh, in the coven somewhere in la so i feel like this movie even though it had the same producer or it had the the director and the writer from the original as producers i don't think they have the consultant and i don't I don't know if their intention ever was to to have witchiness in this or it was just to be a social commentary because we've had the Me Too movie. 
movement and you know everything with politics and women's rights happening or being uh, almost erased, you know, they wanted to make a movie about that. And that's fine, but don't call it the craft <laughs> if you're not going to have the craft in it, I guess. I yeah um he, here because i didn't hate the movie though like i love the fact that they talked about female periods um like early on in the beginning i myself um have been talking to i don't want to specify specifically who in my family but a female member of my family who is younger in case she watches this i don't want her to be embarrassed <laughs> but she doesn't want to talk to somebody else in her family about her period or you know it coming on right because she hasn't gotten it yet and we have this huge discussion about it about how you know even my dad to this day if i tell him something like mine is a sign that i'm healthy if i get it regularly and stuff um it's very important for me to let my dad know if I'm not healthy or if I am. So it comes up and he'll still be grossed out by it. I'm like, oh my God, grow up. You're almost 70. You should be able to talk about this stuff with your daughter. Um, so I'm teaching him. And I know that in terms of female health, even like miscarriages and stuff, there's just a lot we don't get to talk about because it's taboo and it shouldn't be because it happens all the time. Um, so I like, and you know, female masturbation, there was that scene with Lily and Timmy's sweatshirt that she stole, which by the way, who does that when you still have a guest over? Jesus. I mean, wait till everybody leaves or starts going to bed. And not lock the door. And feel free to have some fun. Yes, and not lock the door. Uh, but I like the fact that they touched on that. But, yeah. That was stupid. You don't, you don't, don't do that to somebody um, else's object. And then two, you wait for them to leave. What were you gonna say? No. Um, I did like the scene where they called on the corners because I thought it was beautifully shot. But like, I feel like, like they missed out on a lot. Like you said, um. Like what they just telepathically picked it all up at once. Like, where did their training come from? It they missed out on that a lot. Um, and like you said, I don't feel like um, the backstory was there as much as it was with the with the regular craft. Like maybe I missed it because I only watched it the once, but because um, I did miss the part with the woman being trans. But um, which is, which is pretty cool. I can't believe I missed that. But yeah, so I don't understand why they didn't put more, which more witchcraft in there. Like it, like focused a lot on Timmy and what he went through, and then everyone coping with it, and and then. The the ending was kind of predictable. Did you did you think what happened with when they like reached the climax? Did you find that predictable? I did. Um, 
because they were always leading towards the toxic masculinity angle with um david duchovny's character adam which by the way his name's adam so it's the first man um who had sex with technically the first woman but here's a here's another um hint in the direction they were going lily the main girl she her full name when you see her adoption papers is lilith which is so common when you're doing female empowerment stories because not just with lilith fair but you know in jewish mythology and possibly other mythology but i think it initiated it in judaism uh lilith was created before eve in the bible and what happened with her is that she would not lie with Adam, with Adam on top, and she would not submit to him. If she was going to have sex with him, she was going to do it her way with her on top. And because Adam didn't want this and God didn't want it, she was cast out or she, she may have ran away and became what was known as the first demon. So Lilith, a technically a form of female empowerment and and independence was demonized in in like i don't know i don't think this is like a common jewish like all jews believe this or anything but in like orthodox like old timey if you're the kind of person who follows the bible word for word and it would be old testament so not even like a full bible but lilith would be seen as a demon a woman who's independent is a demon so whenever you see like a woman empowerment movie like this you'll usually have a character named lilith and she will either be demonized or she will be seen as the leader of independent women so of course this character lily who's embracing her fem femininity and going into womanhood of course her full name is lilith so i saw that ending coming from like a mile away and actually i have i have thoughts about what i would have done instead <laughs> because there's that one scene where we see adam talking to this group of men including his sons in the living room and they're doing the snapping and and talking about weakness and how we're not weak and he lets his son because timmy had died and we don't know that mm -hmm. it's not a suicide at this point but we all suspect that it's not a suicide at this point. Oh, yeah. His son, I think it's Jacob, it's the middle oldest one, um, he lets him cry. He doesn't stop him from crying, which to me, in toxic masculinity, crying would be a, a form of weakness. But I think, I think, I think in, if you, if you're doing, God, because I'm not masculine, I don't think I have the right to say this, but if you were doing male growth right you allow men to deal with their feelings and crying to me is a great way to deal with your feelings so in my head in my unexpert view on the subject men should be allowed to cry and he let his son cry and i thought oh maybe adam's not going to be the bad guy wouldn't that be a great twist because he's having all these male group meetings you think he's he's empowering them to be you know better than women or to take over this women's movement that's happened in recent times he talks about you know there's a lot of pain in these men especially especially recently and he's got a book about you know the sacred masculine or something and i thought okay 
well, he's obviously the bad guy, but that scene made me question it because he let his son cry. But then he turns out to be the bad guy in the end. Well, in, in my head, that would have been all a ruse. And Adam would have been the right type of guy to, to talk to men about, about being able to deal with their feelings, that he actually was helping, that it was all uh, uh, guys. And that the real, real villain would have been the mom who was not really her mom. Because I would have loved mm-hmm. it. And I, I almost I almost thought it was going to be that way because, you know, she has the scene where she's packing for them to take the road trip. And she says, you know, you have to, you have to stop this, this being different. You have to give up your power. Let me take on your curse. I thought, oh, that would be great. Maybe the mom is actually trying to get this girl's powers. We know she's not the birth mom. What if she worked at the facility that's holding Nancy? And she, Nancy got pregnant. We don't even know how Nancy got pregnant. We just know she had a baby, but she'd been in this facility the entire time. Who is Lily's dad? We don't even know that right now at all. But what if she found out that she got pregnant, the, the, the adopted mom found out that Nancy got pregnant because she got taken advantage of or something by some, somebody working at the facility. And she knew, she believed that Nancy had those powers, even though she was bound. Um, but she believed that she actually had the powers and that her baby would be incredibly magical. She stole Nancy's baby when it was born uh, and then left the facility and has been in hiding this entire time raising Lily. Mm-hmm. And that she had been waiting for the moment for Lily to come into her powers, she could steal the the magic from her like an ordinary person not somebody influenced by magic and power except for the insanity of wanting power like nancy herself had that insanity that came with wanting power Mm -hmm. this was just like that on a whole different twisted level that's how i would have played it out is making the mom the bad guy this entire time Either that, or I would have made Nancy deceased, and Timmy would have been talking to Nancy through the Ouija board, and Nancy would have been influencing everything somehow through through being Timmy's dead mom. But that was um, really really cool. Right? See, <laughs> yeah, I want a Robie. This is what I want to do. But yeah, mm-hmm. but I think we're left with a lot of answered questions by the end of this sequel. And I am interested in where it could go, even if this movie itself was not completely fulfilling. And um, pardon me, I just Googled the shit out of this movie and I read some huge reviews from like Rolling Stone and RogerEbert.com. And I, I posted a tweet kind of hinting towards this myself I'm wondering if Blumhouse wants to turn this into a series not a series of movies because that ending that giant ending where the girls come together and they defeat the evil bad guy they could turn that into a a CW show that would be awesome like the secret circle or or another charmed or something they have like okay so I wrote 
I wrote down all questions that I still have by the end of this. Um, let's see. Uh, how did Adam and Nancy meet? Because Adam, when they have that big giant scene at the end, Adam says to Lily, a witch cannot give up her powers unless she voluntarily does it. And your mom is just like you. So Nancy at some point came back into her powers. So we don't even know that because she was bound by, by Sarah at the end of the craft. Right. She's been in the facility as far as we know this entire time. But at some point, Adam met Nancy and took her powers away. So how did that all happen? They hint towards that, but we don't have a movie about that. They could, they can put that into an episode. Um, okay, they say that Adam, they hint that Adam was a warlock. Um, because I remember when they meet Lily's mom, when she's driving by at the end of the, the, the movie, they say, how's it going in the warlock dating pool? So if Adam is, was Adam a warlock? Uh, how long has he been alive? Um, was he a warlock or did they just throw that out? Was he really a demon with the black eyes and everything? Um, and are all warlocks bad or are warlocks the male version of witches? Like, we don't have any for what a warlock is in this world yet. Um, and that sounds very charmed to me too. That's why I think this could be a whole series. Uh, what is... Nancy's history in the ward. I kind of already hinted at that. I don't know what her history was in the ward. Um, okay. Where are Sarah, Rochelle, and Bonnie now? Because we know where Nancy is now. We know she's still in the facility. What happened to Sarah when she came to her power? Rochelle and Bonnie were left without powers, but I'm assuming they're still going to want to practice the craft. Like, what happened to them since, since now? They could explore that in the series. Right. Um, okay, they made a comment when they were introducing Lily into the craft, the other three girls, um, that the magic is supposed to come from somewhere, and Lily had never done anything magical. That's the other thing that's different between Lily and Sarah as lead characters, because Sarah always had, like, magical accidents happen to her. Like, she talked about thinking about um, how she wished it would rain, and a pipe busted in her room, and it got flooded. But nothing like that had ever happened to Lily. She never had anything magical happen. Um, but they talk about that the magic has to come from somewhere. We know Lily would have gotten it being Nancy's daughter. We don't know where Nancy got it because her parent, her mom was trailer trash basically, and her stepdad was her stepdad. We don't know about Nancy's dad. She could have gotten it from that line yeah. of her family. We don't know where Rochelle got it because we don't know anything about Rochelle's parents. We don't know about Bonnie's mom, if she would have studied, or Bonnie's dad. And, and with Sarah, we know Sarah's mom had it, her birth mom who died before she even met her. So I guess with Sarah, we kind of have a better idea. We don't know where Sarah's mom got it, but technically we, we don't need a huge history lesson there, but we could explore that in a TV series. And then we don't know anything about the families of the other three girls introduced to us in this craft. So we don't know, like, if the magic is supposed to come from somewhere. Okay, well, where did you three get it from then? Like, let's explore that. Mm -hmm. Let's explore the lineage of witchcraft and where it comes from in your world. 
I feel like they introduced this whole new rule that they just didn't explore enough. And if they wanted to turn this into a series, that's a good place to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Adam's dead now. So, so what happened now? Adam died. What his sons? Are his sons also evil warlocks? Or are they just normal humans who are being influenced by a bad guy? Um, are they, right. like, what are they going to do without their dad? They're, they're minors. So what's going to happen? Like, I don't think Lily's mom and Adam were married. I think they were just living together. So is she going to be their guardian? Is there a grandfather that could mix and stir up trouble? Um, are they really kids? Like if Adam has been around for ages, picking up witches' powers, how long have they actually been around? Um, and then mm -hmm. Adam has been doing, supposedly doing conferences across the world, talking to all these men. Is he just talking to them or is he turning them into what he is? A warlock demon thing. So like there's all these bad guys that can come out of the woodwork and be the villains and or be potential allies that you wouldn't see coming and i feel like blumhouse left it open for this purpose nobody's saying that they are i'm might be the only one who thinks this but i could totally see it going in this direction either that or a series of movies but i feel like a television show they do television too so i feel like they could easily do that yeah that's all i got <laughs> like uh i feel like if they picked up and had Isaiah be in charge. Like I could see them possibly doing that because he was the oldest, eldest, and um, he wasn't as soft. He was. The other two seemed to have a little more of a softness to them than he did. And but he was also living with the secret, you know, of his sexuality. So when you're dealing with that, it can make you. I'm I'm sure it can turn you hard or or bitter not knowing how to cope with it. So yeah, like I wonder what they're gonna do with that. Right. But um I always felt like I felt like with Adam that the meetings were like uh like a coven of warlocks each time. Like whenever they finally showed it, I was like, dude, okay, so this guy is he is wicked like I thought. And <laughs> I felt like I felt like the only reason why he allowed his son to cry was because he had he was the cause of the death in my in my head, you know. And um I just I I, I don't know. I kinda it left an uneasy feeling with me, but um I can't even get my words out right now. It just, it like pissed me off more that he was like, oh yeah, go ahead and cry, which like you, like you do want to see them cry, but it didn't feel genuine to me coming from him. So I think that's what bothered me. Like, I didn't feel like, I felt like he was putting that on as a show to the other members. But, you know, like you said, we don't really know if they're all warlocks or if they're just, thinking, oh, this is a great man and he's trying to teach us and lead us. So yeah, that could have been explained a little bit more, but. 
right and you know that disingenuousness you 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 picked up on that disingenuousness because that's that's actually the the direction that they went with the movie was that he was being disingenuous he is the one who killed timmy and you know he he's trying to to console his son but he's not really he's just trying to hide everything that he he's been doing Mm -hmm. and manipulating the situation so I, the reason why you feel that way is because that's exactly what they were going for in the movie too. But I wish there was a twist there. It's like, oh, you don't want to believe that he's genuine at all because he he's totally the asshole in the movie and then pull the rug out from under you. Here's actually the bad guy. And I like movies with a little bit of a twist. <laughs> and you probably might not be as angry if, if there was. There was a better... I don't know, not necessarily a better explanation, but a more fun explanation. Yeah, definitely. So, um, well, what, what else do you have that's to all the say? Notes I've got. <laughs> um, that's, that's basically it for me. I, yeah, I really wish like we could have had a little bit more with the Nancy that was like quite the cliffhanger you know like what I was just like okay so now I see and I was like I got a little bit excited for a second and I was just like motherfucker it's over (laughs) sorry see that that's why I think that there's going to be more whether it's going to be in the form of a tv series or in the form of more movies because they did leave it with that cliffhanger. We didn't get the Feruza bulk that I think we were promised when we heard she was going to be in the movie. So mm-hmm. I think I think there's more around the corner. And that would be great for Feruza because she is just an amazing actress to begin with and underutilized. Okay. And she actually, as far as I know, she still is a practicing pagan, a, a witch, because um, she was one of the only people on set who fully was committed in the first craft um so I think that having her as an influence in anything future where she has a bigger role that's gonna help a lot with what was missing from this movie with the the ritual and the 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 not just spectacular magic but the actual witchcraft part of the craft there's hope right not just to make it look pretty like, I feel like they just kind of glamorized the magic in this movie more than, like, really developed it more or showed it developing more. Right. Yeah. Well, um, do you have any closing thoughts on that? Oh, hold on. My little black kitty joins me for the end. It's a him. It's a boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he knows it. We, <laughs> we have um, we have two black cats in this house. Um, oh, he will be featured in Cat Coven coming out in a few weeks on my on my YouTube channel. But um, we have two black cats. We have Shadow and we have a long-haired black cat named Sasha. Um, two striped cats. One that's more of a gray. You can kind of see the stripes. She was our first cat named Cleo. Um, and she she's pregnant when we took her in. We found homes for her babies. Um, but she was pregnant when we took her in. So we call her Mama Cleo. And then mm-hmm. Charlie. 
Charlie, I featured on my Instagram a lot last year because he was really sick. Excuse me. Um, but he was really sick with a bladder problem where um, it inflated and he had to be drained. And then his bladder inflated so much that he had to be on muscle pills to build the muscles back up in his bladder um, because he just wasn't peeing. He was just holding on to it at all. But he he is striped, kind of a calico-ish stripe with white paws. Uh, so those are my babies those are my my cat babies we got my dog babies and cat babies but yeah i so, can't wait he just to came to say hi i picked him up and now he's gone <laughs> uh, well uh, um, so what i do is uh, what i did with the uh the first one i did the afternoon tea with the dead is I actually wrote out kind of a screenplay and dialogue. And so I need to write down everything that's in my head right now. And then I can start filming the scenes. Um, I figured that's how they do it with real movies. So I figured that's what I would do with this. And it, I think it comes out more personal looking that way too. Um, but the way it's in my head, it's gonna be, it's gonna be more of a comedy horror than just a horror. So that should be fun. I can't wait to see it. That's going to be great. I think everything you do is great, though. So you can't, I don't think you'll be able to disappoint me. Well, um, so what are your future plans? Do you have any anything new coming up or anything like that? Well, just so you're talking about it, why don't we talk about everything that we're going to be doing, which I'm so right. excited about. Um, I actually, I haven't done this for a while. I have I haven't done this for a while, but um, I'm going to take a bubble bath and I'm going to watch what I think will be our first, at least one of our first movies that we're going to discuss on our new podcast, mm -hmm. May Queens, a horror podcast, which the title for um, we had a vote, uh, as you know, on, on Instagram, and that's the one that won. And it was in the running to begin with because one midsummer was a fantastic movie um and i'm surprised it wasn't the name already taken and two one of my first um like meeting you or seeing your page was you doing the filth the villain i'd like to fuck uh with the guts guys wearing your midsummer crown and talking about what, what's his name pele mm -hmm. i i don't um, know if it's pele LA. I can never remember. But yes. <laughs> well, um, I'll be rewatching the movie soon, so we'll know by the time we, we get to talk about it. But um, but yeah, so that's what popped in my head because I also did a Terror Tuesdays episode for Midsummer. And that's just that's a movie I could watch like a thousand times. It's and I it's so dark and I shouldn't be able to watch something like that a thousand times, but that's another weird like the guy is obviously manipulating her into the situation she gets herself into but she's also being manipulated by her boyfriend who's a tool i don't think he deserves the fate he has at the end that's a nice little extreme like boyfriends be good to your girlfriends or we're gonna fucking you in a bear so yeah fun fun fairy tale horror but that's where the uh, 
the title comes from. And we're just going to talk about horror stuff, horror movies and everything. So I'm excited. I'm very much excited. I'm, I'm very, very excited. I can't wait. Um, and then on top of that, um, I'm actually partially dressed because I'm filming my next Graves Corner tonight um, so that I can edit it and I should be able to drop that on Thursday. Terror Tuesdays, I started filming ahead of time, so I'm filming that tonight too. Um, so that it just goes straight to IGTV. And then I do like like quizzes and stuff in my, my stories instead. Um, and then I gotta work on my horror hymns because I just, I have so many musical ideas that I wanna put out there. Oh, oh, and this, this I haven't really talked about, but I hinted towards it in my stories a few weeks ago. I am developing a couple of horror coloring books. And one of them is gonna be, um, cause I have a website, I, I never use my website really, but I have a website, marygraves.com, M-A-I-R-E, graves.com. And it's kind of a blog, but I also try to archive my YouTube stuff on there too. Every once in a while I, I write on there. Um, but I want to offer a free download of a story that I developed in my head. And it, it has to be free because it's gonna use probably characters that I don't think I can charge for to use for the story in my head. Um, but I'll claims, but just to be safe, that'll be a, a free download uh, when I'm done with it. And then I have a horror coloring book activity book that's been going in my head. And I just learned how to use a couple of different Adobe apps on my iPad for drawing. Um, I'm not the best artist, but I think in terms of what you would expect from a coloring book, this could be fun for people. So I want to get that out before the end of December. Um, that one will be for sale and I just don't have details on that yet but that's something I'm, I'm working on right now. And then on top of that, that's exciting. Oh, that is very exciting. I can't wait to, to get cracking on that. But um, on top of that, I started drawing Ouija board designs. I posted a couple on my Instagram, but at some point I would like to figure out how I can actually make these Ouija boards and sell them or have them sold in stores. Cause we have a bunch of witch, witch shops here in Cleveland. And I know they're connected to other witch stores and other states. And I just would love to have my designs out there. I used to draw them for fun in the eighth grade to piss off one of my Catholic school teachers. And if I could actually make my designs or make new designs and turn them into an, a thing you can actually use, I think that could be a lot of fun. So all the things in the works. And you could always do tarot too, a tarot deck. Like I could see you doing both right. the Ouija boards, like eventually, you know, like you're, I think you, yeah, you're um, perfect for that. I've got my tarot decks not too far from me. I think I got my main one is in my bedroom. Um, this one I like to use um, for spell stuff. I don't know. I can focus that. Oh, phew, there we go. No, there, no, there. <laughs> I'm not used to using Zoom on the phone. I just switch between all of the photos being of me and then it's just, I don't need to look at myself right now. But um, I got this one 
used from a like pagan swap meet type thing um, that we have in Cleveland. And I use it for like spell work. Like if I want to focus on a certain energy, mm -hmm. it's good to have a tarot card out. And then you can focus on what that tarot card means and how that helps with whatever spell you're doing or meditation. Mm -hmm. So I love, I could design my own deck. I just I don't have a lot of ideas in that realm yet, but I think once you get your creative juices flowing, it just all comes out. Yeah. And plus you still got the coloring. Maybe I'll do a Right, right. After maybe I'll do a, a tarot. Oh, uh, maybe I'll do a tarot card coloring book. And that'll be my start to that'll designing be, tarot cards. That would be really cool. I think I think that would be good. Definitely. Make a note for it. <laughs> my little poop pen. This is what I took notes on last oh. night. I have um, a friend. I have a friend that I made over the last couple of years who she had to have her, um, well, she wanted to, because she was going through health issues, have her uterus removed um, because mm -hmm. she was going through all these different health issues. And she had done some research on her own and talked to a couple different doctors and she was trying to get approved to get her uterus removed for whatever issue she was going through. I don't know the entire details of what she was experiencing but ever since she had it removed all of her pain symptoms went away so, so she was 100 right in that you know it was it was poison for her she needed to have it taken out and she never wanted to have kids anyway so she has a celebration every year on the anniversary of having it removed and she calls it a universary or you uden uteniversary <laughs> or something something with uterus in exactly. the title but she gives away kids gifts in gift bags and I got this pen from there. Mm -hmm. So my new favorite pen. Oh. Hey, That's cool. Look. Anniversary. How would you say that? <laughs> <coughs> right. Well, All right, um, so what are your plans for this week? I have an interview tomorrow and then I don't, well, today's my son's birthday, so whenever I'm done, I'm gonna like, like oh. fix all that up. So um, then tomorrow I'll have an interview and then um, just trying to figure out like, if I wanna put out something else too, like I've, I've got free time now. Like last week I had no free time because my kids are home and this week I'm like, okay, I wanna get back to just like putting stuff out there um but I'm just trying to decide I'm like if I do it by myself and I'm talking about a movie it's kind of boring <laughs> so I'm just like trying to think think of what to do and it, my main thing's probably scheduling stuff really like trying to remember that people are in different time zones and and figure out when is the best time to schedule like stuff like that but that's pretty much it that I can think of. Cool. <laughs> nothing, nothing really too exciting. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got plans at least, so that that's good. It's good to like. I feel like I sometimes I throw myself into everything, and then sometimes I just take a step back and I watch like 
20 episodes of something funny just to get my mind to relax. Um, but then you try to fit in things into your relaxing time and it never works. But uh, I'm trying to, so right now I'm trying to, like I, I have all these people, I wrote, I have a list of probably about a hundred different people on Instagram and you're on the list too. That I'm trying to keep up with not every day because I, I'm up to about 950 something followers on Instagram and I was following everybody who followed me but then it started burying all the people that I, I wanted to keep up with from the beginning so now I'm not always following people back and um, I really I'm trying to make sure I at least try to touch that list of people like you um, the guts guys, my little slice of hell official, uh, Doug Supernatural, um, uh, Monster Dan out in Hawaii, uh, in just like, oh, uh, friends that I've made on here, Amanda.Claire.K, uh, Hippie Ghoul, just all these people on Instagram that I've become friends with that I want to make sure that I check in with them regularly because I feel like they've become my friends and they've also become great sources of support. Which, by the way, if you're on Instagram, follow me, Mary Graves, CLE. Um, gotta plug it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm so close to a thousand followers too. I'm almost at that at that cracking point. I, I don't want it to become about having followers, but I know that I can turn what's become my hobby into my passion with more followers. And that's just part of the game. You want to make this right. into your career, you know? You gotta have so many followers so that's that's where i'm struggling with too like i've had to stop following back everyone because i don't see a lot of people anymore and like even you like i rarely see your stuff in my feed anymore and i'm like i share her stuff frequently and i'll save your posts and stuff i just don't get it but um yeah it's like it's gotten where i'll see like a bunch of the same stuff from some people that's like really irrelevant to what I'm doing or into but like at the same time it's like you know like you do appreciate the support of having a following but it's just it's it's kind of hard keeping up with all of it it's it's like a job itself um right and like you said, if you want it to be your career, then you have to treat it like a job. You can't yeah. like slack on it. You have to be pers persistent and posting and just like keeping up with everyone. And then you want to share and support the people who share and support you or new accounts, stuff like that. So yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, well, what you're doing hopefully, here, hopefully you'll find an easy. What, uh, what you're doing here with all the support you're throwing towards, you know, people like me, me and Doug and Roz. And have you, have you interviewed Jen yet? Scary Godmother? No, I need to, I needed to check my messages with her and schedule this past week when my kids were home. So I'm like, either I probably won't get to today, but probably tomorrow I want to see about scheduling her because she's, one that's like next i just didn't have the brain power with three kids home <laughs> oh 
totally but, understand. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but what you're doing with having all of us on, and we wouldn't have this opportunity, you know, without you. So I'm very grateful. This is my first podcast. So I'm super nervous to be here, but you know, once you get me talking, it's like, it's hard to get me to stop. So, <laughs> but, uh, and I'm so excited for us to do our podcast. So I'll have more opportunities to do stuff like this. So that'll be fun. I'm excited. And I'm glad that you are, you are, um, I feel like you're, you're a strong, independent woman, but you are not afraid to speak up and use your voice. I'm a little more timid at times. And I get, I get kind of like I like someone else taking the lead that's my point so I'm like so glad that you're that you you know know your stuff and I don't feel as pressured like going into a new podcast you know like I'm really really excited about it so I was I'm grateful for you (laughs) uh thank you I think we'll play off well on each other I think this was this was a lot of fun Oh, and I'm so excited to do like the the creative things behind our podcast, like uh, the logo that I still have to edit a little bit, but um, developing the logo was fun. It, that was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. Just once I started having the ideas and putting things together, it just, I did it in the time it took me to watch the craft yesterday. <laughs> so wow. that was fun. And then uh, the theme song, I'm, I'm having like all these thoughts now about what the theme song can sound like. So expect those from me. I'll give you some options over the next uh, few days too, but by Sunday at least. So, your logo turned out, your logo, oops, I just got stuff. They like came out, I was just like, wow. Like I showed my 13 year old, I'm like, look at this. <laughs> Cause I can't, I'm like, I can't tell anyone else. Aww, I gotta tell somebody. You. You're welcome. But he was like, oh yeah, that was well, really cool. Well, it's out now. Yeah. Oh, I definitely will now. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad keeping it. Great. But like, you got you have to, you know. But um, is is there any um any other plugs you want to throw in there on how people can get you? Like maybe your YouTube account or something like that well you have to have um so many people subscribe like i think it's like a thousand subscribers before you get your own personalized url on youtube um you need like a thousand and i have about 43 (laughs) so go to my youtube page and subscribe if you haven't um you could just search mary graves and i should be one of the first people that pop up um it's m-a-i-r-e which my, my real first name is Mary, spelled traditionally, but I wanted to change it up. And also if you Google my exact name, you can find out exactly where I live. So I'm hiding that for as long as possible or until I'm unlisted. Uh, but if you search for Mary Graves, M-A-I-R-E Graves, you will be able to find me on YouTube pretty easily. Um, my username on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and TikTok, which I don't do TikTok a lot, but I, I want to do it more, is Mary Graves CLE for Cleveland at, um, at Mary Graves CLE. So you'll be able to find me that way. And 
excuse me, God, tea always makes me burp and I don't know why. <laughs> um, probably all the talking and the oxygen coming into me right now. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, Twitter and Instagram are going to be the easiest ways to get a hold of me. Um, but you could also shoot me an email at marygraves at gmail.com. Um, although I do have emails at marygraves.com because I have a website. I just, I think I took out too many emails and I want to want to have only one or two. So I have to, I have to go revise that before I put that email out there, but it's all going to go to marygraves at gmail.com anyway. So feel free to, to use that. <laughs> oh yeah, that I think should be it. Oh, look at Lego horror videos on YouTube for Killer Clown season one is officially all out there. This crazy is already over. I can't wait for I the know. next the next season or series. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to see what it happens. I, I have no idea. I don't know how long it's going to take before he's ready to start recording anything for it yet. But I know he started writing some of it. Um, and he and I were bouncing some ideas off of each other too a couple months ago. So I don't know if he's going to take like a full year off, if it's going to be a few months. Um, I suspect it's going to be at least a couple of months um, because you need a breather in between all that. So, um, but as soon as I know, I will definitely be telling everybody. Yay. Well, um, is there anything else you want to say in closing? I don't, uh, I don't, I think we covered everything. I hate closing. I like when it's time to like close this stuff, I'm always like, oh, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's always hard to say goodbye. I think um, Boys to Men had a song about it or something. Um, <laughs> but I think closing, I would say stay safe, be kind to each other. Uh, and if you are struggling at this time, find out who you don't like it, then you'll be able to cope with things. Like, I had some great earlier this year when quarantine started happening that I didn't even see coming because I liked staying at home and doing things, but not knowing what the future was going to bring um, and not being able to go out and change what the future could be for me personally um that brought on a lot of like panic attacks which my dogs have been a great help for <laughs> but i had a couple of breaking down crying uh sessions and my dog would come over and he'd lift my head up physically um and then lick mm -hmm. my face then i would be fine but uh yeah he's a sweetheart but it's all about learning to adapt finding like like diving into the things you love if you are able to afford a subscription to like Hulu with or without ads, whatever, and you have one show on there that you know you can watch a thousand times and it always brings you joy, watch that show. Don't be afraid to sit down and watch that show while you are waiting for this, this crap to pass. There is no shame in that. It is better than giving in to the sadness and the grief. 
So, totally. you know, have your crying. It's okay to cry, but find that thing that makes you happy and embrace it while you can. You wait, especially if you're on your own, find something you can do on your own to be happy. So that's what I would say. And of course, good luck to everybody. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Well, um, thank you so much for being on here and I'll look forward to our first episode together um, with the May Queen, it's May Queen's The Horror Podcast. I said that right, correct? Yep, yep. Oh. So I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait to see your music themes and stuff like that. I'm very excited. Um, um, I guess maybe we should post on, uh, should we post on Instagram about it today or do we want to let this come out first? Let's let this come out first and then do a post because then I'll have the, the logo fully edited then and we can use that as part of the post. Okay, sounds perfect. Um, sounds perfect so i hope you have a great day and thank you so much for coming on and um i'll be looking forward to your tarot tuesdays tomorrow and um i appreciate you so much you're just always such great energy so thank you <laughs> thank you for having me this was a lot of fun this was i've been wanting to talk to somebody about these movies for a long time so this is a lot of fun yeah. Well, I'm glad you came up with that idea because it was definitely a, a, a good time and I probably wouldn't have watched The Legacy if not. So I was like, okay, well now I have an excuse to watch it. I'm going to do it. And I'm glad I did. But, but anyway, good luck tonight recording everything and um, I'll be shooting you a message here in a little while. <laughs> okay, perfect. But, all right. Have a good day, Mary. You too. All right. Bye. Bye, girl.